This is Cutting Through the Matrix on November the 5th, 2012. Newcomers, help yourself to the audios at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. There's lots to choose from, and hopefully you'll start to understand the system you're born into. It's vastly different to the one that's projected to you through education and through constant media. Totally different, in fact, because you see your whole reality was planned a long time ago, generation by generation, with a definite uh, um, direction uh, and spin to bring a society for a global governance, as I like to call it, under control of of a few people at the top who use lots of scientists uh, and even use your special services like CIA, MI6 and so on to to fund lots of what you call various organizations to change culture and direct the, the cultural changes into the system that's going to suit them best, that those at the top that is. And it's so well underway, actually we're at the very end of this phase of it, when societies and nations have been almost deculturalized completely and that way they can't regroup and get back into what they were and it's lost forever basically into this new system well organized well directed billions of dollars spent on on directing it in fact right up to the present time and we're seeing some of the fallout today we've seen it all our lives actually but it's all that the plan as i say the plan is directed by those at the top Number two, you're the audience that bring me to you, if you like what you hear, and you find it interesting, you can help keep me going by buying the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com or donating. And remember too, uh, from the US to Canada, you can still use personal checks to Canada, and you can use international postal money orders from the post office, or you can send cash or use PayPal, and donations are awfully, awfully, awfully welcome. Across the world, Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal once again. Now, when I said, too, that your culture is given to you, I really, really mean it. A hundred percent of your culture is given to you. And your culture today is vastly different from your grandparents and great-grandparents. Completely 180 degrees turned around. It didn't happen by chance. It was forced that way. And, of course, um, wars have been waged, waged by so many different techniques. And the most effective ways of all are, were understood even by the ancient Chinese, uh, that you, you alter and destroy the cultures and then direct the new culture along the path that's going to suit you, if you are the leaders, uh, better down the roads. And that's where we are today. Tonight we'll be touching on some of this because it's so in-depth, as I say. Most folk don't really care anymore because they quite like the culture they're given. They, they, some of them really believe that it's given them more freedom, even though we're all paying for the fallout of it all across the board. Uh, and we truly are. Uh, the National Health Service in Britain, I've read the articles before, were cutting back on all major operations but prioritizing abortions to fit in with the depopulation agenda, things like that. We all pay. We all pay. 
for this collectivist communistic type of idea of, of this, this new world order idea run by the big bankers at the top who have us all graded into our economic outputs, our tax commitments and, and what they want to earn out of us for whole lives. Right down to uh, even studying your genealogies to see if you're liable to come down with some disease in the future. In other words, how many years can you get out of this, this cow or this sheep, you know? And, and then should they dispose of you at the end before you end up being a, a burden on society with health care? I'm not kidding you. That's how cold and practical it, it's farming. It literally is farming. And I've gone into the Cold Springs Harbor idea uh, with a eugenicist in the U.S. before who literally brought in the American Cattlemen's Association to find ways of using their techniques on people uh, right down to herd management where it's all been done. It's all been done. And you think it's all been done simply by progress? What is progress? Who directs progress? You'll see it every day in your science magazines and science blurbs. Somebody at the top gives grants out to these guys to push this stuff. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back. We're cutting through the Matrix and what a Matrix it truly is. And it's beyond movies even. Uh, some of the articles that come across uh, daily uh, for us to peruse and, of course, to download and drone brains. And uh, we are altered by what we read, too. There's no doubt about it, because those at the top give us the stories to read. Otherwise, they wouldn't. Most of the reality is not given to you at all to read. But however, they, they toss out the stuff like Jimmy Savile, as I've talked about before, because I guess it's time to bring it out, to even see, because they probably know how the, the public will be affected or, or unaffected by it, in fact. We're so far down the tubes of contamination uh, ourselves by cultural contamination by the very organizations like the BBC who have been poisoning the people for an awful long time. And it wasn't happenstance either. As I say, it's not progress. It's an agenda, a definite agenda, well documented too, if you know where to look. But now they're coming out and talking about Jimmy Savile and uh, the Yorkshire Ripper, they called him, who also killed a lot of people in, in, in uh, Leeds, apparently. But it says here that um, it sounds crazy. It's something out of a movie or beyond a movie. It says um, that uh, Jimmy Savile has been sensationally linked to the Yorkshire Ripper, serial slings, and it says uh, the muscular Peter Suff- Sutcliffe, that's his name, murdered third victim Irene Richardson yards from the paedophile DJ's penthouse. It's about 20 yards away from Jimmy Savile's house. One of the, the bodies was found, apparently. Regular Broadmoor visitors. Savile, he visited this mass murderer. He seemed to visit. He had keys everywhere, didn't he? He had just access. That, that tells you, you see, it's not going to go any higher because there's much bigger powers above Savile that used Savile as a procurer for themselves. But anyway, so Savile befriended Sutcliffe after the Ripper was moved to the secure hospital for his slaughter spree. And Professor David Wilson, a top expert in serial killers, please, please should now investigate where the hideous, um, uh, sinister bond developed uh, before, you know, Sutcliffe was even caught. So maybe they were at it long before. Another crime expert even thinks BBC star Savile could have turned killer himself in his craving for more and more perverted thrills. And the family of Sutcliffe's first victims are demanding that cops question the killer, who's now 66, to find out if Savile was involved in any of the 13 Ripper murders or helped cover them up. And it shows you some photographs and so on where bodies were found in near Savile's place. 
But it says, um, <laughs> the former grave digger, Sutcliffe, knifed Irene, 28 years old, and killed her uh, with three hammer blows near the toilets in Roundhay Park in Leeds on February the 5th, 1977. And the Leedsborn Savile, suspected of abusing 300 young victims over 50 years in business, had taken a lease on his flat in Lakeview Court overlooking the park in September 1971. And Professor Wilson, who's dubbed a real-life version of Cracker, some TV show, said at first sight the suggestion that Savile might be connected with the crimes committed by Sutcliffe will seem far-fetched, yet predatory paedophiles and serial killers are the awful products of common forces, which, in their case, were allowed to develop unchecked. Uh, and that's the key to it all. They were allowed to develop unchecked. Remember, Savile did, was always boasting about his, his, his relationships with the nobility in Britain and Prince Charles and a whole bunch of different people. And he said he could keep his mouth shut. He wasn't a grass, as he said. And he was a procurer. He could get anything that you wanted. Think about that. You talk about powerful folk above there. And it says, in a way, so they're going to investigate this, this part here, and there's another article too, and um, on the same, uh, same basic thing on 21st Century Wire, there's a few other articles on Savile I'll put up tonight as well. But um, what is the public's response to all of this? At one time there would have really been outrage. Today they can put outrage in when there is none. And because the people are so dumbed down through fiction and, and stuff, the daily diet of it on television, they, they can't tell f- reality from fiction, or they just simply don't care anymore, I think. And then, of course, last week I mentioned, too, that um, starting again with this con game of uh, the United Nations Rights of the Child, which is a prelude to, to basically the rights of paedophilia, We'll deal with the term paedophilia uh, for the rights of the child. In other words, if the child wants to have sex, we'll say, or they can prove it in course that child wanted to have sex, then then it was okay for this person at whatever age above them to, to have sex with them. And I, I mentioned the articles last week um, where, where Planned Parenthood International is pushing the same old agenda uh, along with the United Nations that they've been pushing for years and years and years. And you think it's all happenstance, don't you, that it's just coming out now? I'm sure you do. You think it's all happenstance, that all these things are just coming out now. But here's an article here, you see. And by the way, I should also mention that Ireland is being pushed to have rights of the child there too, which is a prelude to bringing in intergenerational sex, as they want to call it. Uh, but so getting back to what I was saying, it's an old idea, you see, by uh, the ones who rule the world, because they rule the left and the right, you understand, to bring us into the common road down, uh, down the pathway. We will join on the same road eventually. Incest is a favoured cause of old lefties, it says. And it says that the article last week about the radical left defence of paedophilia in the 1970s, goes back to the 1970s, provoked all manners of paroxysms from today's lefties. How dare I blacken the name of Hattie Harmon? Hattie Harmon was the one pointing out the stuff that she actually wanted to, to do away with it, the, the, the sex thing, um, age limit and so on, way back in the 70s, by pointing out that she became legal officer now, listen to the terminology here. For the National Council for Civil Liberties. Did you know what the civil liberties were all about? National Council for Civil Liberties. Sounds very official, doesn't it? Soon after it campaigned for a more relaxed approach to sex with children in the 1970s. And Hattie Harmon was pushing for it. 
says, but I had a private communications too from people who encountered the libertarian left during those years. In the late 60s and early 70s, I worked at a school operated by the Inner London Education Authority, wrote a retired school teacher. The teachers there were all Maoist or Marxists. They prefer to call it Maoist in those days. They were supporting an initiative to lower or abolish the age of consent, which they said was just a way for the upper classes to keep the working classes in their place. According to them, children were sexual beings. It's actually right out of the same terminology as being pushed by Planned Parenthood that I mentioned last week, uh, who had a right to express their sexuality. I was one of the few parents in the staff and said that this was just an excuse for dirty old men to abuse children, and I was told that I was brainwashed and bourgeois. Another correspondent asked me to take a closer look at the National Council for Civil Liberties, it says. Uh, this report on sexual offences, 1976, which argued for a fundamental rethink on the subject of incest. Yes, you read that right. Decriminalizing incest was one of the pet causes of the brothers and sisters of the extreme left represented by the NCCL, National Council for Civil Liberties. This is from its 1976 report. For hundreds of years, the crime of incest has given rise to such intense feelings of revulsion that public discussion on the subject has often been ill-informed and irrational. Note the distinctive finger-wagging. The present-day case against incest is firstly that genetic damage may result in the offspring, and secondly that an incestuous union is disruptive of the union of the family. Fortunately, the NCCL was on hand to brush away these fausty um, prejudices. As his recent studies uh, didn't support the idea that incest caused genetic damage, it said, and it is in contradiction to the practices of successful animal breeders. In any case, the advent of reliable contraceptives and safer abortion weakens this argument. So if a man has sex with his sister, he should use a condom or arrange for an abortion. You understand, you're looking at the pillars getting knocked down, and they're already knocked down back in the 70s to do with even abortion. So you just go for the next step and the next step and the next step. As for the effect of incest on families, incest is not the cause, but one symptom of a disrupted family. In our view, no benefit accrues to anyone by making incest a crime when committed between mutually consenting persons over the age of consent, an age of consent which the NCCL wanted to lower to the age of 14. Incidentally, though, only to placate public opinion, because actually want to abolish it. It's both logical and consistent with modern development to suggest that the age of consent should be abolished. The NCCL is now better known as Liberty and run by, guess who, Shami Chakrabarti, Chancellor of Oxford Brookes University and Secular Saint of the Guardian and BBC conglomerate. I'd be interested in, in her take on this chapter and her organizational history. Has anybody thought to ask her because she likes to talk? But what happened to the woman who was General Secretary of the NCCL when these stomach-churning views uh, were expressed? Did she retreat into the grumpy subculture of ageing Marxists? Not quite like a number of Callaghan-era hard leftists, that was the Prime Minister at the time. She reinvented herself as New Labour Loyalist. Indeed, the right Honourable Patricia Hewitt, for it was she served as Secretary for State for Health from 2005 to 2007. To be fair, I don't recall her saying a single word about incest. So, you see, there's only one agenda in every area. There's a particular agenda, which has never, ever changed. It doesn't change with time, because, you see, these boys at the top are changing time. They're changing everything. They're changing your culture and how you behave and how you'll view everything in your time, you see. 
by knocking down the barriers. Knock, 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 and eventually there's nothing left to, to knock down. And you think it's all just developing and it's got nothing really to do with you, don't you? One day, you know, people come to your, your, your door, if you have children at all, demanding you have sex with your children, and you better allow them because the government will be on your back if they don't. You see? I'm not kidding. Now, I remember before I mentioned about the big groups that were brought into the US and Britain to change the culture at the end of World War II. These guys were hard, actually more advanced Marxists than, than Russia, and they stayed in Berlin until they were kicked out by the Nazis, and they came over and they were given permission by the President of the United States to change radically the culture forever and the culture of all Western countries. And I mentioned the Frankfurt School as well. Well, this ties in with it all, you see. Theo Adorno was one of their big uh, mouthpieces. He says, Adorno and the purpose of modern music. And I've talked about this kind of stuff before. And I'll talk about it when I come back to show you that you like what you're given, and every generation is. There's a purpose for it all. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and I'm talking about culture and how culture is always directed step by step intergenerationally down to where we are today and planned an awful long time ago, written about a long time ago and and the, the boys, big boys do what they, what they want. They always achieve their goals because there's incredible money put into the culture industry, you understand. The CIA has been heavily involved in it. I've read articles before. From, from books put out by, on the culture industry and their involvement in changing post-World War II culture especially. But the same group who were involved in making it happen were brought over from Germany and even before World War II they were trying to change Europe's culture then, the same people. And they've been awfully successful up to the present time. They've achieved most of their goals. Only a couple left. It's not far from, from, from achieving all of it. In fact, to have a, a completely dependent, dysfunctional public now, I've mentioned Theo Adorno on many occasions, who his head was up in the clouds there. These were really psychopathic types uh, of intellectuals. And you know, that's the type of intellectual which is actually psychopathic, for those who didn't know that. They're in love with their own mind, in love with their own thoughts, and they really think that everyone is holding their breaths when they speak. And, uh, and they are a type of psychopath. And he and his whole group and his, and, uh, were involved in, in changing the cultures and paid by you, the taxpayers, to do it. They brought in the, the, the beatniks before pop music, and they, they tried drugs at that time as well, uh, all over Europe and the West. And then they brought in the pop culture, and they brought in also um, what you call modern art, for those who don't know. That was all funded by your tax money and the CIA, well documented by people in the CIA. But anyway, here's what Theo Adorno says on the purpose of modern music. And remember, your president of America and Prime Minister of Britain gave this group permission, working with Bernays and others, to, to, to radically alter the culture of these countries. Remember, even all these NGO groups today will get your taxpayers' money to fund them if they can prove that they're for radical change, radical change. 
like the thing, the article I read, the last, just the last one I read about pedophilia, doing away with the term pedophilia, that's radical change, understand. Here's what Theo says, what radical music perceives is the untransfigured suffering of man. And, and according to today's music, I'd say so. It says the seismographic registration of traumatic shock becomes at the same time the technical structure law, structural law of music. It forbids con- continuity and development. Music language is polarized according to its extreme towards gestures of shock resembling bodily convulsions on the one hand and on the other towards a crystalline stencil of a human being whom anxiety causes to freeze in her tracks. Modern music sees the absolute oblivion as its goal. Think about that. This is the guy who was given charge of, of, of the main part of the culture industry and, and music. And this guy knew the Beatles, he knew them all. He owned their music for a long time, in fact, till he died. And then Michael Jackson bought it over the rights of the music, remember. But he says... Modern music sees oblivion, absolute oblivion as its goal. It's a surviving message of despair from the shipwrecks. It's not that schizophrenia is directly expressed therein, but the music imprints upon itself an attitude similar to that of the mentally ill. Think about what you've heard recently, last, what, 15 years. The individual brings about his own disintegration. Now remember these guys talked and what they thought was a science, a very advanced kind of Marxist science, to disintegrate the individual into the whole. So you have everyone disintegrating, and then the big leaders, the intelligentsia, would control all of you through governmental institutions, which has happened. He imagines the fulfillment of the promise through magic, but nonetheless within within the realm of immediate actuality. Its concern is to dominate schizophrenic traits through the aesthetic consciousness. In so doing, it would hope to vindicate insanity as true health. Complete reversal, you understand. Complete reversal. To vindicate insanity as true health. Think of all the music you've heard over the years. And you thought it was all done by, you know, this young guy is just screaming and yelling. Down to rap. It's all funded into existence. Nothing gets into existence without massive funding. And if the doors are closed, you don't get up there. It doesn't happen. Adorno argued that there must be a total disintegration of post-war European and American society to defeat authoritarian impulses within society and that all forms of beauty had to be eliminated and replaced with popular music and degenerate forms of mass culture. Over time, this degenerate culture would cause widespread mental breakdown within society. Characterized by depersonalization and loss of, uh, of um, overwhelming by shock, it says, or connection to one's own body, actually. Hebephrenia, which is a very immature behavior, which stays there all through your life, which Adorno defined as the indifference of the sick individual towards the external. And catatonia, which is a similar behavior in familiar patients who have been overwhelmed by shock. Catatonia. I've seen all of that. You've probably all seen it all too with people on drugs. And necrophilia, he says. Adorno wrote, universal necrophilia is the last perversity of style. Universal necrophilia. Getting back to Savile, he was, had the keys to the, to the mortuaries. He was going into the mortuaries. And that was all over the news. And there's, there's not a gasp about it at all. 
Tonight I'll also put up an article from Poland where coffin manufacturers, big ones, big corporate one, is putting out nudes for their photographs, for the calendar, on the coffins. Make it sexy, you know, necrophilic to, to, with coffins and death and all that. Back with more after this. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting for the Matrix, talking about how we've arrived at this stage of uh, basically nihilism, where big, society, big agencies and governments can control us all, even the United Nations controlling us uh, all over the world now through their NGOs and their think tanks and so on. All planned a long, long, long time ago, even when they had the League of Nations. So you're going way back, you see, same agenda, and to a long time to get to where we are today, where we pop elderly people into hospitals, and hospitals don't even tell you they're going to kill them, and they put them on these so-called care pathways and just bump them off. And it's okay, because economically beneficial to the country, apparently. You accept that, there's not a yawn. Everybody's yawning right now, probably. But getting back to this, this, these articles here. A Polish coffin company has angered the Catholic Church after producing a calendar featuring topless women posing with their caskets. It's not just topless, by the way, it's body paint they got on, that's all. The marketing ploy features semi-naked women in provocative poses and on and next to coffins made by the company Lindner, it's called. The Catholic Church has condemned the calendar, saying human death should be respected and not mixed with sex. Well, that's necrophilia, so Adorno's got his wish. We're right down there now. One image from the 2013 edition of the calendar sees a young woman with a snake covering her breast as she reclines on a coffin. Makes death all sexy and corpses sexy. And another, a woman wearing a crimson corset is depicted as pulling out the heart of a man laying on a casket. Well, that would fit right in with the Yorkshire Ripper too, probably, and Jimmy Savile. And there's not a, there's not a peep out the general public on this kind of stuff, because we're so degraded now. As, as I've mentioned before, that Yuri Bezmenov, that's one of his names, came over from the Soviet Union and talked about this back in the 70s. He says that they'd already succeeded. He says it was all over. They had no idea that deculturalizing the people of the West would be so easy and so quick. And it's all, it's all been done. So I'll put this, these links up tonight at cuttingthroughmatrix.com And then you get into cancer expert who treated Molum brands of Liverpool Care Pathways The technique they're using across the whole of Britain The most corrupt practice in British medicine He says I wouldn't be treated in a hospital here Says Professor Mark Glazer And a senior oncologist accused the National Health Service managers To use the Liverpool Care Pathway In order to clear beds and reach their targets of elimination <laughs> It's, we're all here. It's all been, all been achieved so cleverly and slickly too. So the senior cancer specialty condemned the controversial Liverpool care pathways, a corrupt and scandalous system used to free hospital beds of the old and sick. Uh, he said the pathway used across the NHWay is a way to ease the suffering of the dying is employed by the health service managers to clear bed space and to achieve targets that bring in more money to their hospitals. Professor who treated former Labour cabinet minister Mo Molum during her last illness said practices in British hospitals are morally bad medicine and that he would personally never be treated in a hospital in England. That's how bad it is now. And by the way, Obamacare is based by the Rand Corporation. The Rand Corp- I've got it here. The Rand Corporation said they looked at the world. They're copying the one from Britain, if you care at all about it. 
And she says, I would go to America. Well, goodness knows it's going to come here too, because I don't trust anybody, he said. He has removed dozens of his own patients from the, the NHS care pathway. That intervention by Professor Glaser, consultant oncologist and Peel College Healthcare National Health Service Trust, comes at a time of growing concern over the Liverpool care pathway. A centerpiece of the National Health Service program for end-of-life care that involves removing life-saving treatment, so you just refuse it to you, from patients considered to be dying, even if you might be dying two years down the road, by the way, or longer, Pills and stuff you eat. No, no, that's it. It's starve you. Commonly, patients are heavily sedated in tubes providing nutrition and fluid are removed. Typically, a patient dies 29 hours after being put on the pathways. They also give them drugs, which causes inhalation pneumonia, by the way, because I've got lots of emails from people who've had relatives going into it in Britain for simple things and, and not even been told they were put on the pathway as soon as they were admitted. It says, but families have complained that loved ones have been put on the pathway when they are not dying, and senior medical figures have said it's impossible to predict when a patient will die. Well, technically, a, a brand new baby with all these years ahead of it, you, just, you don't know when it's going to die. See how they're, they're using terminology to, to confuse folk? Leaning doctors opposed to the pathway have said it hastens death, and that putting a patient on it is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Well, it's, they're killing them. Doublespeak is beautiful, isn't it? I mean, it's more, it's easier if you went to Holland. In Holland, they simply say they've got euthanasia clinics. And if the gov- in fact, now if the government deems you uh, a problem, a, you know, a burden on society, and even these euthanasia clinics, the private ones, won't kill you, the government will have a little white van come up to your place and they come upstairs and kill you. I've read the articles here on the air. At the weekend, Health Secretary Jeremy Hunt promised to reassure patients by making it a legal requirement for doctors to inform families when a patient goes on the pathway and to obtain their consent. Who would have believed the hospitals would even go into this at one time? Everything's degraded and degraded and degraded. <laughs> anyway, he's expected to announce changes to the rules today. But Professor Glazer says it wasn't enough. The 67-year-old consultant who was in charge of radiotherapy at Charing Cross Hospital, West London, said, I'd like to see a whole inquiry set up to look at patients with incurable diseases and how patients can be managed within a time limit from the beginning of their pathway to really good pain control and symptom control at the end of the pathway. You can't just be guided by admission rates and targets, he said. There's nothing more intransigent and corrupt at the moment in medical practices at the hospital liver than the hospital uh, pathway movement, he says. It's not really... Active or passive euthanasia is negligence, is death by, well it is euthanasia. What's the difference than shooting somebody or sticking in a room with no food or water? Of course it's euthanasia. He says, but it's right that all managers want the bed space and they will take down drips, intravenous fluids weeks earlier to get people out, meaning killed. That's a scandal. So, it says the average example is some poor person whose family is absolutely miserable and a nurse comes in or a very abrupt palliative care doctor and says they're going on the Liverpool pathway. And then you get the treating doctor, such as myself, rung up by the wife or the daughter in tears saying, oh, we didn't want this, we were baffled, we didn't want to do it, we were bullied. By the way, they use a lot of different terms for the, for the pathway. And, and they speak amongst themselves, you know, you catch on the terminology they're using. And the hospitals are getting money for everyone they kill. That's what health care is for today. And you think this all happened by itself? How come the public accept this today? What happened? You've been utterly contaminated. That's what happened. Culturally contaminated. Why is a Department of Culture throwing billions 
for every country and the, under the United Nations, they all have a Department of Culture. They promote all this death and necrophilia and, and all this kind of stuff and pedophilia with your tax money and, and, until you've got a generation who's grown up thinking everything's just, just nihilistic anyway. So, so what if they kill people? I'm okay. It didn't happen by itself, folks. Nothing does. <laughs> Nothing does. And also, I'll put up to the one on Ireland, as I say, because now here's the, the United Nations and the big society to take down the parents' right over the children so that the children, they'll claim, want to have sex with much, much older people. It's a pedophilia extreme. So amendment is not abuse about abuse of power, it says. A yes vote in the children's right referendum would ensure the appropriate use of power by the state to protect children. That's how they flogged it in Australia in the 90s. Now the parents have no rights over the children at all, folks. And it's the same from the United Nations, rights of the child, and then Planned Parenthood come in and say, oh, the child might want sex, so drop the legal image, uh, limit, limit for the age. In fact, do away with it altogether. That's the next step. So Ireland, if you have anything left at all of culture, your own culture, you better stop this. You better stop it, nip it in the bud, before it goes any further. Also, I want to do this one here, and it's to do with the nonsense that's been spewed out for years by the big boys that run all sides of everything. And you better understand this, all sides of everything, to do with information and how you'll think and what you'll think about, and even the institutions they set up so that you'll, you'll think they're speaking for you. And have something for everybody, something for everybody. Because there are people who are always awake in every generation. At least they're awake enough to listen or look or try to find out what's going on. And as I've mentioned before, it's like a minefield. You walk through a minefield and got these signs, come here, come. No, we've got the truth here. Oh, it's over there. And you get utterly confused. Folk fall into the UFO thing. They always revive and put out, it's actually called counterintelligence. Guys that will use your information, which is just simply practical and provable by their own books, etc., and government uh, publications. Then they'll tack on the New Age stuff and talk about good vibrations, you see, and, and hidden masters. And you can become a hidden master if you just vibrate at a high enough frequency and you go zap, wee, wee, in a different dimension, just like that. But you've got to wear the right coloured clothing. All the old rubbish that theosophy put out. Same stuff. Same stuff. In fact, the same organization that's running today's New Age ran it in her time too, Blavatsky's time. But it always works. And they always use the same stuff. Take drugs, you know, and have your, meet your power spirit. and go, Especially go to Latin America, like Crowley did and others after him. Push all that rubbish. And then they come in and they present to the public as, as fighting this nasty system. And they'll use all the stuff that you've found out and figured out. They always take it all. And then they tack on their own stuff for the suckers who want a way out of this without doing anything, which is a spiritual way to do it, you see. Just become enlightened enough and think positive, and the earth will go through a light proton or photon field and we'll all become suddenly enlightened and the bad people will all just melt away. And all this crap. And I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Dr. Carl hoses down the Mayan doomsday predictions. Who do you think gave you all this rubbish and funded all this into reality? The Mayan prophecies. 
So I'll put up a video tonight to show you just a little bit. doesn't go into it in great depth, but it tells you how it all started. And the guy that they put out there is a front man too, just like many present-day front men who are doing the same thing and paid by big organizations in their own countries to do so, to con all of you. And it says, um, Dr. Karl Kruzilinski, it says, says there's no reason to think an ancient Mayan calendar correctly predicted the world will come to an end December the 21st, 2012. But he actually goes through the rubbish they give you. And the photon belt stuff, the high vibrations, and just wear the, the turquoise suit with little stars on it, stuff like that, you know. For the idiots out there. And then when you talk the truth of what was happening like tonight, reading articles, you lumped in with these nutcases, you see. That's counterintelligence. That's how you knock off the truth. Counterintelligence. So when you hear that stuff getting pushed, you know what you're listening to and by whom. I hope. I really do hope. As I say, even uh, Alistair Crowley, I mean, the MI6 had to eventually admit that he belonged to them. They push all his tribe at that age as well. Now, also, China, you know, this is supposed big communist country, communist, the biggest communist capitalist ever in, in, in the planet. They've got a fantastic slave population that better do what they're told to mass produce things for all this, all the, the fascists in the West. You, you can't get your mind around this, can you? This fascist communist thing, this great big partnership. You just can't get your mind around it, can you? You see, the United Nations said that China is the model state for the world to copy. Do you want to get stuck in a factory, locked in, getting a, a, a few pennies a day? And you better obey or they'll, you know, they'll kill you and sell your organs off before you can say what. <laughs> so anyway, they're, they're changing leadership as go through the same farce as we do in the West. Senior Chinese communist leaders have gathered amid heavy site security for a closed-door meeting in Beijing where they'll put the finishing touches on a once-in-a-decade leadership handover that officially begins next week. The state-run Xinhua News Agency said the final gathering of the Communist Party's 17th Central Committee opened Thursday. The short member said that changes to the party's constitution and other proposals are being discussed. It's expected to last about a week. We'll let the result in the formal expulsion of disgraced politician and former Politburo member Bo Zili, it says, who is expected to stand trial for corruption and other charges. So that always give you a fall guy, that's what the Chinese do at the end of their thing, think because we're, we're for the people, you know. All these multi-billionaires who run China are for the people. You know, we're all in it together, sort of stuff. So we all have to pull together and, and live in poverty and, and austerity for, for the whole world to survive, you know. And, and the reason these guys are, got, are, are billionaires at the top is because you can't expect them meeting foreign dignitaries and coming in and sitting on the floor like the peasants do. So they've got to be billionaires, you understand, and get little rewards. Or, or you wouldn't get the right folk with the right talents up there. That's what they tell us in the West. As they gouge us and rip all of us off too. Nothing, nothing's any different, you see. But it's a more perfected system. See, in China, they don't think that they're free. In the West, they still think they are. Because there's so many TV channels to watch. That's quite amazing, isn't it? And also, I mentioned last week too about the, the hint of the not so different future researchers at the, this USENIX, USENIX security conference, it's called USENIX. 
have demonstrated a zero-day vulnerability in your brain using commercial off-the-shelf brain-computer interface. Researchers have shown it's possible to hack your brain, forcing to reveal information that you'd rather keep secret, it says here. I also want to put up two scientists to do with climate change and, and all this, the aerial spraying. It's called aircraft, and it's dead on with a lot of the stuff there. And it's a big agenda, of course, big agenda. This whole global warming nonsense and, and rubbish and fiascos to make you believe that you're causing all the problems. And that there's a whole bunch of professionals out there right now, weather forecasters, uh, and who, who've come out and said this is people have no memory of all the hurricanes they've had all through in the west coast or the east coast of, of the U.S. And it, it goes through them all in the list in the 1800s of all the, the big massive ones that hammered New York and, and that, that coast and swept away goodness knows so many houses and everything else. But you see, you live in, in your moment of time, and you're kept thinking that everything's been stable up until now. No, it's not. It's never stable. And even when they're pushing and trying to make hay off this by forbidding folk to go into help in New York, you know, there was hundreds of vehicles came down from, um, it was a, a big company in North Carolina going down there to help the U.S., big electrical company, and, uh, and and they weren't allowed to get in. They, they were, it's, it's before the storm hit, because they knew all the power lines would come down. Duke, the Duke Power Company, lots of them flying down there, just like a, a train load of them all going down the roads. These trucks going down to help, but the, the FEMA turned them back. See, they want to make hay and show up everything that happens now as a massive catastrophe, and you've all caused it. It's all your fault. And then you have to say, oh my God, save us, save us special people. I say, well, we will, but you can't live like you've been living up until now. Got to change it all. So that's why they're playing up massively. And they'll milk it for as long as they can. And so the guys who own New York, because of all the federal funding, the longer they hang out, the more money will get thrown at them. Some of it might get to where it's supposed to go. You know how New York is. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watts, and I think there's a caller on the line. It's Mike from Pennsylvania. Are you there, Mike? Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, thanks. Um, good to be back. Uh, just uh, one thing quick, uh, don't vote tomorrow. Donate to the show instead. Um, you know, you were talking a lot about this, uh, these perverts and Walt Whitman kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, the culture, I always say it's the culture stupid. For years, I've been not so much the economy. Um, although that's a problem too, but, but back in, in college, I had to read a book, um, a picture of Dorian Gray, which kind of reminds you of where everything's heading. Yep. It's probably already headed. I, and it says in there, you can't, um, you can't, the mentor says you can't cure the senses until you cure the soul. And then it's, he says you can't cure this, the soul until you cure the senses. And yeah, it reminds me that you, a couple of days ago, you were talking about the Pakistanis, how they're droning them to death with, Seven, eight drones in the sky. Yeah. I've actually seen that here a few times mm-hmm. uh, in the summer when it's real humid. They try to pull that when I got my headphones on. But, but yeah, they're going nuts, um, and they're devout religious people. Uh-huh. And, and then, you know, I was just in Las Vegas a while ago, and, and you get want to get some sunshine. You go to the pool. There's these pervert helicopters flying over, and, and then they're playing Kate Perry music that, or something like that. 
that's talking about uh, literally climaxing in bed. And there's yeah. little kids at the pool with their parents. And, yeah. you know, and, and it's like, like I, what is it, the helicopters or the pervs? I mean, you yeah. know, which comes first? And it's like, you know, you know, they can they want to really destroy your hearing with, with all the garbage and the stuff they see on TV. And then they pervert the senses through all the other means. Yeah. Um, you know, it, know, it's like a talk show host said years ago. It's, it's sick out there and getting sicker. That's the intention of it, though. And the article by Theo Adorno was, was, you know, that's not kidding. This guy was employed with a whole group of people and the Macy group as well, uh, and a few other ones, and Bertrand Russell, to design the culture that we are living through today. And they knew back then they could bring it down to this level that we're right at today. Uh, and it's a timetable, you see, step by step by step. And they've been awfully successful, and it's not finished yet. And and you will see, I, I said years ago, you, you want to see live sex on even comedy shows. I'll be throughout everything, and then pedophilia will come in, and there'll be no such thing as pedophilia. And then you, you'll actually see snuff stuff, because the people now are so jaded and overdosed with entertainment that that's, they're beyond ancient Rome, and, and the gladiators are beyond that stage now. And that will come, and then you're at the mercy of those who then control you, because you have nothing to stand together with. There's no culture left. That was the whole intention of Theo Adorno and the Frankfurt School and all these boys. So we're, we're there, actually. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's probably not much time here, but for another show, if, if you want to, if you could ever get into, you know, how do we create a even a counterculture again? Like maybe you had in the 60s and a little bit ran out in the 80s. I remember when I was in college a little bit, uh, uh, that attitude. But you don't even have young people today thinking of counterculture. I mean, very few in the patriot movement or whatever you want to call people. But but it, it's really like, like they, they all pretty much want to be uh, uh, PC, I guess. And, and uh, you know, you know, maybe they can get a job on a reality show or, or a Coke commercial and, and, yeah. and uh, you know. That's right. That's right. That's what Theodorno said. That they're actually going to music, living in fantasy, hoping to to become a star. They have no idea of the massive industry that makes you a star. Anybody can be made a star if they want. Otherwise, you're out. But they live in fantasy and hope. And most folk today don't want to change. What they want is to stop time right here. Don't make it go any worse than it is. Because they, they like their own debauchery and the stuff that they watch themselves. Because <laughs> you don't even have you don't even have baby boomers kids rebelling against their parents anymore. No, you don't. No, you don't. You know. But most most of them don't actually have parents now. <laughs> They maybe have one parent and that's about it. They see lots of dads going by, but that's about all. But thanks for calling from Hamish Marcel from Ontario, Canada. It's good night, may your God or your gods go with you.